Greetings, beautiful people. This is Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always, sending nothing but love and kindness and positivity to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Please, please, if you enjoy it, let other people share your enjoyment. Love to you all. Hello, Insta. How you doing? Apologies, we're a little bit late and it is completely my fault. So apologies to my beautiful mate, Harry Thomas, well, as well. It's James here from Lads Talk Health, sending you, as always, nothing but loads and loads of love and positive energy. Hello, Charlie, just tuned in. Hello, Madara. Hello, hello. People straight in, love it. Wave, wave. Perfect timing. <laughs> apologies, I'm a little bit late. There's my mate, Harry Thomas. And hello to everybody else that's joining. Like I said, apologies that Lads Talk Health is a, f- a few minutes late. Was it the fair with the kids and overran it? Loads of love, as I said, to anyone who's missed. Loads of love to everybody. Today, other person requested Jane. Hello, Saucy. I'm so I've been apologising like <laughs> in that case. So so sorry, Hazza. It's all it's all my fault. That's all right. <laughs> you alright? How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Uh, interesting day today. Yeah, me and all. <laughs> Harry just changed my life. Did you hear that? Nice one, Harry. <laughs> How long was that conversation, Charlie? <laughs> Hello, Joe. Good, jo. good chat. So, guys, it's been a really interesting I'm week. Just a makeup artist. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, I'm going to make sure we're doing some hellos here. Go on. I was going to say, um, it's been a really interesting week. I uh, really love all the feedback, all the engagement. And yeah, me and James have really enjoyed this now. It's, 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 it's been good because people have been asking questions. People have been contributing. People have been sharing their story. James, can you just start the uh, show with the guest uh, that's going to be coming on next week? Oh, <laughs> you made me remember. <laughs> So next week, um, actually, just before I do that, I just want to explain the importance of it. So me and Harry are massive, massive, massive advocates for anyone that's battling child trafficking because most of most of us have no idea how big of a problem and prevalent that problem is in this day and age. And believe it or not, one of the biggest culprits of uh, child trafficking is our legal fostering and adoption system. And disclaimer, that is nothing against the majority of amazing people that get involved in adopting children. One of my dreams, as Harry knows, is once we make it, which we will, Hazza, is to build an orphanage. Because one thing I've learned as being a dad is children deserve love. They absolutely deserve that nourishment of love from day one. Unfortunately, that's not the way of the world for... I would say the minority for sure. So we've got a guest coming on next week. Beautiful young black lady who's, um, I'm not going to give her a full story, but experienced the fostering and forced into adoption system. And it's interesting to hear her take on what it's like to be adopted off into the world and to be raised by white parents. Again, it's going to be a really, really interesting subject. So, yeah, we've got that going on. Um, that'll be on Monday, UK time, 7.30, has a wrap. Yeah, it'll be a good one. So tune in for that one. So guys, tonight is going to be more of a light-hearted one. And again, this is going to touch every single one of you. But it's on words. Word magic and the influence it has on our lives. And words are so powerful. We say word magic, it literally has magic spells all over you. And the word spelling, they're spells. And when we're unconscious, we're unaware of it especially unaware of the things that we say about ourselves 
And, and then when we're unaware of it, the actual influence it has on ourselves, you can change yourself very quickly. And the beauty of all of this is once you are aware of it, within 10 minutes, you'll start catching yourself straight away. And once you start catching yourself, then you realize how negative you are in your life or how much, even jokes that you put on yourself, but the influence it has. So I'm asking people to have an uh, open mind tonight. And I just want to start, I'll, get, I'll let you go, but I just want to start with some questions. And I'd like to just see thumbs up, hearts up, if any of these apply to you. So who would here says that they have bad sleep? Who would here says that they have stress in their life? Who would here says they have fear? Okay, amazing. Get some pans up. These are common ones that we work with our clients on as well. So stress, fear, especially with the world going on at the moment. Who here says they have a bad memory? <laughs> <laughs> My wife would tell you that anyway. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to leave it on there. So I'm going to pass on to uh, James first of all. And we're going to give loads and loads of practical things throughout this today. So Okay. So go on, mate. I, I, I missed my cue. I do apologize, Harry Thomas. Um, yeah, I know. It's mad. Thanks very much for passing over. But I'm going to read something out. And I'm going to emphasise certain words because if if you listen to this, it's going to sound pretty normal. But see how many of you clock uh, what's actually going on here. So I'm going to share with you what I call our premier life sentence, and it goes something like this: We awake each morning and go off during the weekdays to earn the living at various jobs and undertakings. Until we come to the week end, and this seems perfectly acceptable to most people. However, more people die. Now, this is really interesting. More people die between 6 and 9 a.m. on a Monday morning than any other time of the week. So I do what I call a translation of the English language, and I spell that translation. Okay, with the idea that words cast spells. So when you translate that life sentence, you remember that awake is a funeral party for the dead. Morning is the state you're in when you attend a wake. And you would have to be in a weekdays, weekdays, to earn the living since urns are for the ashes of the dead. We call our jobs undertakings. Job in itself, this is interesting, is a Hebrew, Hebrew word, excuse me, for persecuted. And what we get at the end of this perverse bargain with life is the weak end of the deal, as we become progressively weakened ourselves. And so I must, and so I most, sorry, one of our most prevalent greetings to each other Hello, the reverse of which is, oh, hell. And at first, I suspected the hands of collusion entangling the language to foster illusion. And I think it's quite true that a culture's 
theology has a great deal to do with the words etymology and how it evolves over the time to combine and and make compatible meanings that may undermine the original thoughts it was meant to define. But now I don't think it's planned for the thing that I found is that like concepts can gravitate towards the same sound and vibrate at the rate that our thoughts designate because words are electromagnetic vibrations whose fine alphabetic tintin ambulations can take on the tent of our true expectations, which they then imprint on our metal of mind, causing sounds to adhere when they're on the same kind. So now, everything that we keep talking about at the moment, I'll let you come back. Everything that we keep talking about at the moment is deception. And if we can start going all the way back, because we're born into this part of the world, all we know, right? If we just went back to when they put all these rules in place, a lot of that starts with the words that we use. Like James said, words are a vibration. Forget the meaning, it's a noise. That noise has a direct impact on your nervous system. You're the commander, your body is listening to whatever you say. Your body doesn't understand the word meaning. <laughs> it's a vibration. So then if we go to, I'm going to start actually, the English language, the word deception has over a hundred meanings to it, different meanings. That alone should trigger us. Go. <laughs> well, I was waiting. I was waiting to see if he's going to go on a bit more there, Sancho. Yeah, I, I, got, I, got more to, I got more to come in a minute. No, but to, to and again, I'm going to, I often, as always do, I hold my hands up to me failing in regards to using the vibrations of how we speak. Because as a parent, I do this to my children. Not all the time, but there's times, even today, because I was late for Lads Talk Health, which was totally my fault. I got frustrated in the car coming home because my kids were playing around in the back excitedly, albeit they wouldn't be quiet when I told them to because I was trying to get, get hold of Harry. But then eventually I raised my voice at my kids and completely felt like a total dick straight away afterwards because I realised the vibrations that I just pushed out on my kids just shat on that positive energy they were sharing as that afterburn of, of enjoying what they just did. At, at the fair, what they've just been up to. So from a parental perspective, I mean, I don't shout often. I, I don't raise my voice often at my children because that's something I experienced as a child and it really stayed with me. My dad's voice, as soon as you raise my voice, like, I, I'd be ready to run to the toilet. Like, it just had that effect in me. And it's a shame because, you know... I, there's nothing my dad can do to change that. That's something I experienced and something that I've spoken to him about in later life, uh, which didn't, didn't speak to him about it to make him feel bad, but to make him understand what influence these things have on children. So, yeah, just wanted to touch on that, the vibrations thing. It's massive, guys. It is so, 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 so big, the way we use our tone of voice, because we always have a choice on what we're going to say and how we're going to say it. That leads in nicely to the next bit. So everything we do, we can always bring it back to a choice. So we have ego and soul. This is on uh, the level that we try to teach. Everything's ego, first of all. There's always one truthful decision from the soul.
from a cellular level. This is where it gets really interesting. People give me all these different excuses. Let's go to the cellular level, the meniscal level. If I pull out a cell, one cell out of your human body, I can tell everything about you, your whole personality, your hair color, everything. If I put that cell into a Petri dish and I, I put food in the Petri dish, by the end of the day, that cell will make its way to the food. I pull that same cell out and I put in a Petri dish and I put poison in there. By the end of the day, the cells moved away from it. So our, our body, or our cells individually have their own brain. You can search epigenetics, it's what I've been studying. This is how we do every, every one of our tests, we pull out one cell. So the cell has two responsibilities in life. Can't do both at the same time, but only two. Grow and protect. So if we got all these things, what are you doing right now in this situation? Are you growing? Are you protect? If I'm protecting, I'm in a fear state. We have parasympathetic and sympathetic. Parasympathetic is when we're in harmony. Our body is using all the vital organs here. We feed through. When we're in a fear state, our body sends all the blood to our limbs as if we was to run. It's a threat. We've given it the threat. The body doesn't know what you're fearing of. So if I'm fearing of uh, a dinosaur, if I'm fearing of COVID, both fake, my body still thinks it's stress. So what are you doing right now? Grow or protect? So Can I just let's... chip in with something Hazard, on that? It's really important, actually, because um, as probably a lot of you know by now, I've, I've been studying uh, the human body in regards to against cancer and other terminal illnesses now for about eight years. And what Harry was just saying about your mind putting your body in a state of fight or flight, he's describing, it's been scientifically proven. When you get angry, when you put yourself in, or when you in, induce that fear into somebody else and they induce that state of fight or flight, we have these little chemicals called neopeptides which explode literally through that fear and flood through the system purposely seeking out where your body's weak to attack. So sorry, I thought I'd add that in there to make, you know, just to touch on your point. And again, I always say come back to source. It's like a tap. So let's take words then. Every word has a positive, and every word has an opposite, has a negative. So if we can literally bring it back to the very words that come out of our mouth, we can choose what comes out of our mouth. So let's give you an example. If you all just, I just want to show you the power this has on your mind. So if you all just quickly close your eyes for me. Don't think of the tiger. Don't think of the tiger. What do you think about? Obvious, right? Think of the tiger. Okay, let's use common words we use. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't give up. Forget. Give up. The don't word is irrelevant. It's a fake word. I can't. I don't. I won't. It's either I know I'm not doing that, or I'll find a way. I can't get to Brazil. Have you tried? Yeah, I've done all I can. Or have you asked for money from someone else? Have you found a different way? Have you researched a different uh, flight path? There's always a way if you really want something. So can't, don't, won't, fake words. But the subconscious doesn't hear that. Here's the powerful word after. So some words are empty words. Some of it has meaning. So 
if I'm saying these words to my kids, don't forget this. What can I flip it with? Always, Always remember. remember. <laughs> <laughs> don't give up. I'm going to take you this time. <laughs> Keep going. So now when we're working with clients, I've got a number of uh, cancer groups that we're in. Remember, this is all energy, all energy. Negative is a heavy word. Think, think of the heaviness in it. And positive is a different word. They're heavy and positive. Go in cancer groups on, uh, on Facebook, and there'll be like 30,000 people in there. And it's amazing. Like people say, I'm really struggling and going through. And you watch all the comments. Don't give up. Never give in. Don't stop trying. Don't stop fighting. Literally, if you just looked at each word individually within this sentence, and let's go which one, positive or negative, I want to get all my people in a positive place, right? Literally, over 50% of the words that people use are negative. So already, I'm putting out all this negative there. Even though I don't mean it, the body takes it in. So if you notice all the words that I use, I rarely use negative words. When I'm explaining that I'll do it, but I rarely, I always try to find an alternative. And sometimes I'm in a conversation and I'll be like, I never, I'll correct myself and I'll always change it. And I know I've just gone, poof, with a bit of positivity within that conversation. Again, it's energy. They might not know, but I'm aware of the words that come out of my mouth now. And here's one for you. If you only use positive words, can you be a negative person? Even if someone comes at you with all this negative stuff, if you look at the way that I respond to people, I still use positive words. I just rephrase it slightly, same meaning. And that's the power of it. If I keep doing that, not just on one occasion, if I keep doing that, it becomes subconscious. My body responds. Where's the stress when there's no negative words? So this is how really powerful it is. But I let you use the words can't, James. What do people say um, can't? And there's loads of examples. Before you do, I just want to touch on one of the ones we can say, because this, and this was, some, this was said by someone, a young dad in his mid-30s, uh, which was the most, one of the most powerful things I've ever heard someone say before. He said the, uh, he was obviously with, with the doctor, with the, the medical team, whether he's his oncologist or whatever else, and he said to him, you know, you know, you do realize that you're dying of cancer. And he said, no, 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 I'm not. I'm living with cancer. And currently I'm living my best life. I wish I'd always lived my life like I had cancer. I said, take that, doctor, doctor death. But there's an example. Um, and something else I have to mention as well, because this one drives me bonkers. How are you doing today? Oh, not too bad. So you gauge yourself off bad, you're not too bad. You could, you could be really bad or a little bit bad, you're not too bad. Little things we say, and it, people are going to say, oh yeah, but they're just things we say, and you know, and that's the problem. That's the problem, you know, of what we're going to go through life and not listening to what we say, because most of us don't. We don't listen to ourselves. And that's how we said, part of our coaching practice, the biggest, the biggest first step is getting people to listen to what they say. And I can tell you this, when I started acknowledging the things I was saying, for about two months, my, my wife thought I'd forgotten how to speak English. 
Because every time you go to autonomously say what you're going to say, once you start becoming aware, you're like, oh, not too bad. That's not and, and it slowed down my speech, which probably done my wife a favor, to be completely honest anyway, but it completely took my speech pattern away from me. And I had to get back to, to learning what I was saying to make sure I was pushing out what I actually felt, which was pretty bloody positive. How are you doing? I'm oh, great. <laughs> How are you feeling? Amazing. Alive. So it is little things. And I said this, we said this on the video the other day. Going through one day, because throughout, throughout the day, you, a lot of people will ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing? Every time, say great or amazing and really put your energy into it and watch the difference in that person's face because whatever they were going to say, expecting you to say not too bad, which they were going to then feed off, you've gone, bosh, have that, I'm great. And, oh, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. What do you mean not too bad? <laughs> You've got to start putting this stuff out there because if you're not doing this for yourself, who's going to do it for you? The word can't <laughs> is an awful word. I can't sleep. We work with a lot of people with insomnia. But part of the work we do with natural plant medicines is, and uh, honestly, it's been incredible. And it was, it, this has been a, a complete spillover of working with people with cancer, funny enough. It just so happened that there's these other ailments that uh, this, this incredible plant medicine can help with. But anyway, point being, I can't sleep. So you've never slept in your life, ever. Well, yeah, of course I have. So can you sleep? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, but I mean, I can't sleep now. Well, are you trying to sleep now? Right now? No, 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 no. This is what I'm, you've got to start unraveling what we say about ourselves. I can't go to the gym. Why? There's no reason. A lot of the time. You could use this for so many things. I can't get up this morning. Why aren't your legs? Why aren't your body? You, you can't get... These are things we say on a daily basis. And that we don't realise the power of our mind. I always bring it back to placebo. Because people accept, people might listen to us now, but what are they talking about? But they'll accept placebo. They'll accept that someone with a white jacket can give someone a pill and say, take that water and it fixes your life. And they go, all right then, take the water and all of a sudden their life's fixed. Why? Because their mind has taken on an instruction that the body's then followed suit. Well, guess what? You don't need a white jacket person to do that. You can do this for yourself. And funny enough, it's far more self-gratifying when you do take time to take a bit of positive energy and push it on yourself. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so now I'm going to go on to the spiritual side. And when, when, when people have these moments in their life or something just great happens in your life, something incredible. So what, what we, we would say is what you put out there comes back. So whatever I say will happen. Your body responds to it. So it's like four words, body uh, um, follow suit. But when we, have these ama- when we have these amazing moments that happen in our life, might have been the amazing girl or something, listen to the words that we see, say, that was unreal. That was unbelievable. <laughs> that was mad. That was sick. That was crazy. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> Imagine if you're God or you're the universe and you're like, that was unreal. And it's like, 
No, that definitely happened. You felt it. I felt it. We all felt it. That was as real as it can be. You're denying these things that happen. Even incredible, the word that I like using, is credible and you're saying, no, it's not. <laughs> and what happens is, is when we deny these things, like, for example, I had a client, I uh, sent him a book, incredible book, I keep recommending it, Secret of the Ages. And then he wrote to me, said, I can't believe this book was written 100 years ago. And I'm like, imagine if you just said that to God, I can't believe it. It's like, why not? Like, it was written 100 years ago. If you can't believe that, what else? Uh, I'm not going to show you anything else because you're denying this bit. So once we're open to it and we're aware of it, what's what else keeps coming into your life? The word can't, I'm going to just follow off with some other ones. I asked for a testimonial the other day. Someone wrote me this amazing thing, and at the end he went, I can't recommend him enough. <laughs> I was like, what? Why not? You had a great one. I, I can recommend him. I can't wait to see you. Forget can't. Wait, wait, wait. I'm excited to see you. <laughs> I want to see you. I, uh, what else did I hear? But again... These things, it might seem, it might seem a bit woo-woo to be fair, but if you pay attention, this is regular throughout the day. So if we literally took all the words and every time we word, it splats on a bit of paper, new word, new word. At the end of the day, you went through each one individually, there'd be a pie chart, negative versus positive. And that would quite clearly tell you where you're at in your life at the moment. Me and James, from the very first question, how are you? If they say not bad, that's, that's straight in our locker. That's one thing that we're going to use straight away. Not straight away, we're going to come back to. I'm a personal trainer, or I was, 16 years. Pretty good one. <laughs> and I train clients, start off, so what's your goals? Or I, I want to do this, and I want to lose 20 kilos, and I want to do that, and I'm going to try to do that, and I, I want to like drop a few uh, pounds. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, why do you want to? Change want to will. And it was funny because I had one lady, I said, how many times a week are you going to train? I want to train four times a week. I said, do you want to? Change it to will. She couldn't say it. She couldn't say I will train four times a week. <laughs> and do you know where? Do you know where? Because that is your soul. You can't lie to your soul. If you're not going to commit to what you're going to say, guess what? Your ego will, yeah, oh, yeah. Your soul will say no, no, no. And the beauty of that particular scenario is at least that lady was acknowledging her soul at that point. She couldn't say it because she knew she wasn't going to do it. So that's, that's another thing. It's, it's all right saying I will, but when you say I will, you need to stand <laughs> yeah. on I will do that because that's going to move on something to the next Two-letter word, well, it's, it's a combination of change will to am. I am. And I'll let you, I know you love this. What's the power of I am, Harry? Okay, let, let me first start with, this is quite interesting. This is a thought-provoking, and I go back to it. I am, two most powerful words you can use as a human being. And a lot of this, like, I've been following words for a long time. And one of the teachings, be true to your word. So like James said, as soon as they say, I will, that's a commitment. And no one wants to let themselves down. So we say the words like, I might come, I'll try to come, I'll hopefully come, I'll maybe come. <laughs> I will come or no. <laughs> so when we go ego and soul, if you say, 
I might come, I try to come, deep down you don't want to go. If you do go and then you have some drinks, your soul suffers. Not only do you have a hangover next day, your soul was like, I told you we don't want to go. And if you don't go, because you've used the words might, hopefully, I'll try to come, mate, your friends suffer because you lied to them. Because <laughs> they're wishy-washy words. If you say, I will, that's a commitment. And if not, say no and be okay with it. But don't say a reason why, say how it feels. I've had Andy, that... oh. sorry, I just want to touch on no, because I should, no is not a negative word, people. Mm -hmm. right? No, N-O is not a negative word. In fact, that can be one of the most empowering positive words that you can use. And the examples you just gave are relevant to all of us. The going out on the weekend. We always skirt round no. For for some reason, no we feel is gonna is gonna ruin everybody else's night if I say no and then they're gonna look at me bad and saying no without a shadow of a doubt can be it is just as powerful as saying yes. And in some cases, obviously more powerful for that particular scenario. So yeah, that is a, a great one. Has a no is massively important. Okay, let me, let me stay on that then because the soul always knows the truth and it always knows when you're lying. When you lie, your body reactions change. You sweat on your forehead, you stutter, your body language changes, your soul's going, you're lying here, you're lying. <laughs> I pick up on that now. And so, okay, so the soul's lying. How many times have people gone out and said, oh, I might have just free drinks tonight. <laughs> I'll try to have free drinks. You go all night and you don't get back until early hours of the, the morning, or in some cases the afternoon the next day. Your soul suffers big time. If you said, I'm going to go out and I will drink just free drinks tonight, or I will drink five drinks, you got a hungover, you feel okay about it next morning, you can deal with it because that's what you're committed to. It's when we, we commit to things and we don't stick to them. And this is the power of this, is when you start being more committed, you'll make these things happen. And if you don't want to do something, it's okay to say no. And the best bit about it is the people you're actually doing it with, they respect you so much more. You've got people in your life that can never make a commitment. You just can't trust them because they always go against their words. So now pay attention to those words. If anyone says to you, yeah, I'll try to do that, call them out on it. You'll try? Because literally that's all you need to say. And they have to, and if they don't want to do it, they have to then admit it. Most people can't admit that. It's, it's, it's such a powerful thing, especially with your kids when they're lying to you. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to I am. Two most powerful words. Anything that follows I am is truth. And what's beautiful is that I'm going to come on. I've been learning Portuguese, and this has then even concreted this even more. So when we wake up in the morning, how are you feeling? Oh, I am tired. I am stressed. I'm hungover. If your body responds to all your instructions, I am stressed. How many people say that when you ask me, how are you today? Oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> Your body's like, be busy, be busy, be stressed, be stressed, be tired, be tired. So until you say something else, that is your truth. Bang on. And the I am thing, I mean, they're great examples. I mean, the, the I am tired, that one. You're not. You're not. You're choosing to believe that you're tired. Again, I am, I, I am busy. 
well, you're right now talking to me on the phone. How busy can you be? You picked up the phone and you're talking to me. It's stuff that we say that is often pre-programmed with the I am to negatives. But the, and of course, because of the power of that I am, your body follows suit in a negative. If you switch them up to them positive words, you feel the difference. I am awake. I'm awake. Yeah. I am getting up now. Like, you will do these things if you choose to put the effort into the I am positives as much as you do into the I am negatives. Because the I am negatives, unfortunately, for most people, far outweigh the I am positives. And think about that. How many times you say I am? It takes a little bit of thinking. How many times today did you say I am? What followed it? What followed the I am? I'm guilty of it today. I am late. I was late. <laughs> but I was telling myself I was late before I was even being late. So I encouraged myself to be late because I kept telling myself, I'm late. I need to get going. I'm late. We need to think what we're going to say. I, I am moving quicker now. Simple example. Like there's always little ways of changing small little words that then the, the body follows suit. And for those that think this is woo-woo or naysaying, uh, the naysayers, I'll always resort it back to what I've learned from people that have been told. You're dying in six months. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> and guess what? They didn't die in six months. You have got... Yeah, you've got... You've got I'm trying to think. I've blanked that. Do, 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 do hate. Do He got told he has three weeks to live. He was in such a critical condition. Who's that, sorry? In America, Harold. Oh, Harold, yes. That's, mate, synchronicity. I was trying to think of it. Harold, beautiful, beautiful, quite renowned poet, Tampa Bay, Florida. Harold Thomas, his name was. Uh, Harold Williams. Harold Thomas is you. Harold Williams, his name, uh, his name was. That guy got told he had two weeks to live. He was in a hospice. He had none of his family around him. It was during the COVID period. He told he us. I met him through his sister Tony, and the first conversation I had with his, uh, his sister Tony is I've just spoke to Harold, and he told me I am not dying. I'm alive. Come and get me out of it. <laughs> so she did the utmost incredible to combat COVID and all the restrictions that she had to get around to get him out. She had to sell some of her property to have machines put in her house. But it was because of him standing on his I am, I am living, that that man went on to live for the best part of, of six months. Now, yes, he didn't, he didn't go on to live for the rest of his life. But what he did in that time of... Another classic example. He couldn't... Just, the tumour was so big on his neck initially, he couldn't shave himself. He couldn't move himself. The pain in his neck. And he kept saying to me when we was talking, I'm going to shave next time. That, uh, that we talk, I am going to shave. And it took him a few times. But eventually, the tumour in his neck shrunk and he was able to shave himself. I used to say to me, James, I can't do American accent. I wish I could. He's amazing. I'm going to use the commode myself because bless him, the man had been sitting in the hospice with diapers on and in his own words, sitting in my own excrement for hours. Like, I am going to use the commode myself. I am going to wipe my own ass, as he's an ass, as he'd say. And these are things that he committed to, small little things that we take for granted. 
but he committed to with his IAMs and he achieved them. And it's interesting because to this day, his sister, Tony, funny enough, the day, actually, it's, it's a, a, there's a video on, on what happened the day he died. On Lads Talk Health, you can look into that. But the day he died, his sister, Tony, is convinced because the tumor shrunk in his neck. He was eating again. He'd shaved. He'd put on weight on. She was convinced it wasn't the cancer that had got him in the end. It was the treatment that he'd had, which one of the nurses had let on to the fact that the treatment had really damaged his natural immune system. So point being, his IAMs took him from a two-week place of sitting in his own crap with no one around him to nearly six months later, getting up, using the toilet, writing poetry again. That was another thing he said, I'm going to write again, James. I'm going to write poetry again. He achieved it. He wrote a poem before he died, which his sister, uh, I can't remember the name of the foundation, it's like something like the United States Foundation of Poetry got it published before he died as well. So these are little, little things because no matter what me and Harry say about these words, it's when you experience people using these words the way they're supposed to be used, you, you, can't, you can't deny it. You can't. You feed off of that. And that's you another thing. You can't. Yeah, I did it, didn't I? <laughs> you can't and deny it. <laughs> you have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy it because the energy that that pushes out is infectious. That man inspired me 10 times over just by witnessing just the power of his I am. I used to speak to Harry, I used to speak to him about that all the time, little things he would say he was going to do and he would achieve. It was just incredible, absolutely incredible. And, and on the coaching sessions, the very first session, I'm calling them out because I've made them aware of it now. So you've got a choice. As soon as I do it again, I say, <laughs> and I correct them. And, they, and within seconds, they're correcting themselves all the time. And it's brilliant because once you know, then it's only your choice. So if you choose not to, that's your fault. <laughs> you have that choice now. That's great. When you're unaware of it, you don't know. And once you know that these things have an impact because you start feeling it, then why would you pick any other way apart from that way? And when you become more aware of it, again, the words that you're writing, I hope you're well. They're just meaningless words. Don't mean anything. We don't even think about it. I hope you're good. I hope you had a good week. If you just stop and just focus on being a bit more creative with it, it gets really powerful. And the conversations with people become more engaging instantly. So I want to put this out there today, actually. Words also have really powerful meanings based on what we attach to the word. So I want you all just to imagine what a 70-year-old man looks like. Just have that image in your head. Now I want you to imagine what a, an 80-year-old man looks like. So this really, really hit me. So I've got an image of what these people look like, right? And as they get older, there's an image that we got. Question to all of you, how many of you had a young looking man that had a six pack with gray hair? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the answer because it is quite a lot of people. So already we've got an attachment to the number. In the English language, when I ask someone, how old are you? People will say, I am. And then they tell you their number. So if you say, I am 70, it's whatever you think a 70-year-old looks like you become. 
I am 30 going through a midlife crisis. Why do most people have a midlife crisis at 30? Because they associate 30 with midlife crisis. It becomes your identity. And when it really hit me, when I was learning Portuguese, they don't say, I am. They say, how many years do you have? I have this many years. Same <laughs> like, Spanish. Yeah, and, and yeah, again, the English, the English language is deceptive. What also I learned in Portuguese is we have permanent and temporary when it comes to I am. So we have a ser and estar. So if something's temporary, I'd say el estol. El estol feliz. I am happy. But I'm not always happy. That can change. But it's not permanent. It's not your attachment. El sol. It's the permanent things. I am English. I am Harry. That's who I am. <laughs> so it's the, the attachment to it as well. And, and when I'm learning like other languages, especially when you use the words like, or oh, I, I can't wait to see you. When they're trying to translate it, they're really baffled the way it doesn't make sense what they've just said to you. And you can see they're puzzled when they first come in and, and start speaking. So the words actually have a meaning to it. What you think it is, that's what you become if you then say I am. And we can level this out, we can layer it out. And it's, it, honestly, it's in, it's not incredible. It's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and so I've got, I've got, I'm going to jump in on, on what one thing you said there, because it's the same as I'm learning Spanish because I live in Spain, and it's the same soy and estoy uh, as well. But it's like you said, is, uh, the thing is people need to get their head around is 60% of the English language derives from ancient Latin. Okay. Now, believe it or not, the English language is seen as the one of the most, if not the most, one of the most demonic spell-casting languages on this plane that we live on. Now, people say, oh, spell-casting, demonic, what's that, witchy, but that's fine. You can say all that, but if you go back and look at what it derived from and what it was used for initially, you'll see it was back in those ages where there was so-called witches and sorcery, and, and these are the words that they use. And today, what makes it more scary is how, I don't know who, has changed these word, these meanings of the words. But I'll give you an example. Like the word nice. Do you know what the word nice actually means? Foolish. It actually means foolish. So and we can say, yeah, but we give it nice and that we mean it by, you know, you're, you're being, you're, you're, you know, it's a nice word to say to somebody else. But then if you think about it, what do you say about people that are, well, what do you mean when you say, yeah, but he's just too nice or she's just too nice? You realize we do actually give these words their actual literal meanings from from time to time we just aren't aware of it and when you go back and look into ancient latin like harry said that because spanish spanish and portuguese they're very much if you go way way back in time they're very much joined from their, their where they derive from but it's interesting how they use words for whatever reason their language is evolved still on on more of a positive one singular meaning to a lot of their words versus English, which you go back and you start looking. I'll give you a classic one. Love. What is love backwards? <laughs> Evil. What does that literally mean? Evil. So I'm not saying, and I know people say, oh, what am I going to do? I'm just going to stop saying I love you. But it's not about that. It's understanding, overstanding, <laughs> 
overstanding where our language comes from. Because there are always times, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, when you let yourself go and you, you put out them negative vibrations, a lot of the time, the true meanings of words do come out because the vibrations are truth. What you put out energetically at that point is what's going to be delivered. And if you crop in an argument, think of the things you say in an argument to one that you absolutely adore or to your children. If you then look back at some of the words you've used and their ancient meanings, which I have done, it's quite scary. Because, and again, another word that was robbed from us, coincidence. I was going to say, people say it's a coincidence. Yeah, guess what, people? Where did the word coincidence derive from? H in Latin. And what does it mean? Perfect fit. Some of people go, oh, yeah, that was a coincidence. Yeah, it was by the true meaning of the word coincidence. Coincide. Fit. So this is what I mean. You've got to look into what we're saying. If you're interested, because what it does do, I, I guarantee you this. And don't get me wrong, I'm having way better uh, with this, uh, the, the, at this than I am. And I'm not being negative. You are. This is something you pulled me on when you started coaching me way back when. Once you start acknowledging what you say, it does become fun because you realise I am being more positive just through the way I'm talking and other people feed off it. Your nearest and dearest. After that two-month period where I was driving my wife mad with stuttering all the time, now she really, I talk way more positively to her and to my children. Not that before I intended not to, but I just started looking at what I was saying. And I could have been ignorant and just, oh, I can't be bothered. To, no, but I wanted to make an effort. Why? Because I want my kids to realise what, what comes out. I mean, what do we tell our children? Listen to what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> what about us? Poof, mirror. Listen to what comes out of your mouth, you big plonker. Look at the stuff that you're saying half the time to the people that you love. Bear in mind, and what's really interesting, and, and the best feeling, is because it still gets your ego, is when my son, I'll make myself an, as an example, pulls me on something I'm saying at 10 years old. And my ego will go, shit. <laughs> But the truth is, that's one. That's my proudest moments. In my flaws, I'm seeing, thankfully, some of my positive influences. When you see your kids that have listened to what you've said, picked up on it and pull you. So rather than all the time, excuse me, all the time talking down, guiding my son, I love that little finger coming back up at me and saying, hold on, Dad, remember what you told me? And then you have to take that on board as a lesson. Because I'll tell you what. One of the best things to do as a parent is to apologise to your children. Now, I'm hoping parents, you understand what I mean when I say that. That is one of the best feelings you can have, is when you say, I'm really sorry, son, I got that wrong. Thank you for pointing that out to me. So I, I'm going to pull you on that, because that gold locks come out at the perfect time. So the word sorry. So, oh. so Sorry, and this again was working with people that had cancer. I'm, I'm watching people, like, where are they wasting their energy? At this point, people need as much energy as possible. And one of the things I keep noticing, they apologising all the time. Oh, I'm sorry I couldn't see you today. Why are you sorry? You're, you're healing. 
Thank you for waiting. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for your patience. And you know what's even funny? They go, that's all right, mate. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> it changes. As soon as you say sorry for something, because the English language, if someone bumps into you and you go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. But if we can change sorry to thank you from an energy standpoint. So this is when it comes back. When you do generally do something that you're not happy with or you have gone against your word, you say sorry. But if you're true to your word, you won't do that again. That's your commitment to that person. Because otherwise you get that reputation of letting people down. And that is that horrible feeling. So then people will say to us, well, you can't be positive all the time. Yeah, maybe you can't feel it, but let's say, how are you feeling today? Oh, I am really ill. Change it. I am recovering. I was ill, but now I'm healing. Now I'm, uh, I'm working on getting better. Like you, if you're not feeling it, you're going to pull me. <laughs> I've got, no, I've got to chip in because that is so prevalent. So, Jem uh, Kingsbury, what do you say to someone who has lost someone? Like, yeah. instead of, I'm sorry for your loss. Today, over the last two days, unfortunately, two people that I didn't get to work with as much as I wish I had had because, well, one of them was in Australia, one was in America, but also because of the pressures that um, mainstream was putting on these people going for treatment. Two people, over the last two people have died, both, both wives, of, of, and I've spoken uh, to the husbands. And... It's interesting because I caught, they both reached out and said they wanted to chat and t let me know uh, of, of their loss. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not spoken about it. Oh, no, I did have it. I told you about Patrick and Karen mm -hmm. uh, from Australia. Yeah. So Patrick, the, dad, uh, the, the husband, reached out to me and was like, James, you know, Karen's unfortunately passed. Blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting because even then, my ego still pops up with the, I'm sorry, like in my head, I think the right thing to say egotistically is I'm sorry for your loss. And I'm also at the same time, my soul saying, right, say what you really want to say at this point, what you really want to say at this point, as brutal as it might seem that your ego is telling you, but what's going to benefit that, that man is all he's being told at the moment is I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss. What I said, the first thing I said was Pat, Karen is out of pain now. She's no longer suffering. She's at a place where she's at peace. Let's celebrate her life. And let's celebrate in her death the fact that she's now come to an end of all of the suffering that she was going through up until that point. And every single time from now on, because what happens is if you put, I know, again, Harry will pay testament to this. The amount of people with... Not everyone we work with with cancer survives. Um, we've said that before, but just as a disclaimer, we're not claiming to, to be healers because that's not what we are anyway. We're sharers, as we've pointed out so many times. We share multifaceted approaches from, of information that we've experienced, not just read in a book, with people that have got, not just cancer, there's other things, but cancer is so pointed, I and mean, I'll stick on with cancer, is when people do lose someone and then all they get is that, I'm sorry for your loss. And I know it's done out of love and intent, and, you know, and good intention. But what you're doing to that person is just piling on your grief on top of their own grief. And you're drowning that person in sorrow by keep saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And 
back to Patrick. So I left him the audio message. I wish I, I, wish I could, it's on this phone. I wish I could play it. Where and it did. It still. It still. I'm always. My ego's not. I'm not got rid of my ego. I'm still shitting myself on how he's going to receive that. But thankfully, it done the job. He said, "James, you're the first person who said something positive to me about Karen and and losing Karen at this point." And I said to him, "Do you know what the beauty is? You've not even lost her." <laughs> Right now, and at this point of death, and Harry will um, pay testament to this as a sole midwife. When we lose people, that that next 24 hours, if you use your senses, the ones that you've been given by the divine, whatever you want to call it, how they're supposed to be used, you'll smell that person. If you're listening from your soul, you'll hear that person you might get a taste that reminds you of that person you might get a, 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 a random wind blowing you, and you felt that is that has given me tick do you know why it's giving me my hairs on the back of my neck because i have Harold, yeah. and this is so what are you gonna say mate yeah harold's story is one of the most powerful stories ever and, and changed it, my life yeah sorry go on Has. i was gonna say these are experiences and all of us have had these amazing experiences in our life but we deny it because it doesn't feel real well someone says that can't be but you felt every moment of it your hair's put like you said you felt it that is your truth and you don't even have to tell other people but you know that that is as real as it can be 100 percent. and like i said no one can my talking about death for a lot of people i know is hard because there's a lot of fear but the truth is, it's oblivious fear. Because if you really strip it back and zoom out, what do we know as the only guarantee you've got as a human? You're going to die. That is the only guarantee throughout your whole life that you definitely know is going to happen. At some point, this is going to be over, this bit. Now, if you start accepting that, not as something to be feared, but, oh no, that happens, that does happen to everyone and guess what it's going to happen to my mum it's going to happen to my dad it's going to happen to my children that i'm god willing i won't be around for that bit but in a physical sense anyway but my point is we we did a talk on this didn't we about celebrating death as soon as you and again do you know what we do a, talk, we'll do I, a whole episode on death because we've got loads of death and the, the talk of death and everything around it makes you live life and it makes you understand what is meaning. And also, death is hidden from us. Like, literally, we don't see dead bodies. It goes in a casket. If we do see it, they've got bloody makeup on them and stuff, and it's, like, all doled up. We don't see the real thing. It's hidden from us. If we go back to indigenous times, especially in India now still, it's a celebration. And because it's hidden from us, that's when it's scary. It's fearful. And so this is a really touchy subject, but the moment you start working people on death and that acceptance comes in, they let go of, let's say that you get to 50 and you're getting old and you start deteriorating. Rather than fearing I'm going to die, I'm going to die, and my kids are going to be on their own, and da, da 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 all this time you've got a role to play. You're a grandparent at this time. You're a parent at this time. So rather than worrying, <laughs> you can live your life as that role. I'm going to turn up for my kids always. I'm going to be, I will, I will, I am. Not, I am dying. No, you're not. Your body will respond to that. 
And we always say, like, the roles that we play, when James was talking about that client, we're coaches. Can you imagine if someone did come to us and they were in an absolute state and they're crying? And yes, it does get emotional at times. I'm not saying that we don't feed into it, but can you imagine when, oh, my son's about to die, and they're doing the same thing. My role as a coach, I need to stay here and I'll let them have their tears. That's their space, their safe space. And when they're done, we're going to bring them straight back here again. Right, let's celebrate. Let's focus on all the good times. Because when people are depressed and they're telling me all their life, and I go down with it, I've got a hard job just to get them back up just to this place. I want them going over there. So I just hold myself here. I let them have their thing. Everything's all right. Now they're here again. <laughs> and I realize all the stuff that they've gone through, that's strength. You fucking got through that depression for 10 years and you're still here. Fucking hell, I'd last two years for that. Everything starts changing after this. So it ties in lovely with everything. Do you know what you've done beautifully there as well, which is what I was going to touch on next, funny enough, with that, is, is you bring it back to a foundation. So in loss, in death, the most important thing is, is to bring yourself back to your foundation of truth, of accepting. First of all, it's acceptance. You can't fight death. Death's going to happen. It's the inevitable. It's the one guarantee, like I said, we've got. Now, if that's your foundation. And this is coming from someone who was, I don't know, it might resonate with some people, but my childhood, I got battered with Christianity and the fear of hell stayed with me far past the point of being a child sort of and needing to fear. But it, it was drummed into me that, you know, there is this nice place, ooh, heaven and everything else, but there's this hell which is eternal damnation and there's a, unfortunately, what I learned, again, it's my disclaimer, this was my experience, so I'm not having to go at anyone. If you're religious, fine, that's your choice. But the tick list to get into to heaven was, was, quite, was quite picky, if you ask me. And, and a little bit, like, I don't know, like, a bit, bit of a gang mentality involved, because apparently, to get into heaven, you needed to have this one figure that you worship, because if everybody else didn't worship this figure, you're all fucked. Because hell was damnation and burning and fire and... And that stuck with me into my adult years. It took me to experience death with working with people with cancer and how different people reacted to death to really understand how much oblivious fear we put into something that is definitely going to happen to all of us at some point. And if that's your foundation, because I, I know this, I know this is a lot of the people we work with that aren't sick. In fact, probably, funnily enough, I don't know about you, Hazard, but I just had a massive insight. The people that we work with that have often been told that they're terminally ill, they're the ones that have got the least fear of death that I've ever experienced. The other clients, <laughs> especially the corporate clients, have got this, 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 this oblivious fear of well, what's, what's going to happen when, when, you know, when the lights turn out. Well, first and foremost, the lights are out at that stage. What have you got to worry about? If that's your thought, or what happens when it all ends? Well, let's, let's have a look at what you just said. If it's all ended at that point, what does it matter? What does it matter what happens if, if that is your way of thinking? That's not why I subscribe to, to be completely honest. But I understand, again, this goes back to the power of words. 
is how you look at death and the way you choose to talk about death. Funnily enough, your body follows suit and your mind builds this ridiculous fear of something you have no idea about, but so much so that it will influence your life in every way. It could influence, it could influence how you bring up your children. I, I am a product of that. My dad's fear of hell, which is death, had a massive influence how, how he raised me and my three brothers. Now, to talk to him about it now, his ego is so big, bless him, he can't touch on the fact that he lived his life in fear due to this book that he was reading and gazed everything off of that because that book was the one way that he was going to avoid hell in his death. So that was from my experience of how powerful people's fear of death. I don't know how we switched on to death here, by the way. That's how people's fear of death can really, really have a massive detrimental effect on yourself and on people you love dearly. So it's really something to think about. Definitely. So I'm going to tie it all up now. Let's go back to the very first questions. Literally, the word or the saying, return back to source. All your problems, just return to source. So that starts with the thoughts will always come. It starts with the words of yourself. But what we say about ourselves. Who here says they have fear in their life? Who here says they're a bad sleeper? If we just change that bit, <laughs> that was the past. Today I'm a great sleeper. And remember, things don't happen overnight. Any skill that you learn in life takes time. The problem with things, everyone wants the quick fix. Well, it didn't work. I tried it. Nothing. Didn't feel it. Yeah, but if you tried learning Photoshop in one night, <laughs> didn't work either. <laughs> if you learn skateboarding, you want to go skateboarding, you wouldn't learn that in one night either. Like, literally, things take time. So if you then set a program out for yourself, discipline, and get excited that this will work, I'm going to do it every day. And what does it take me? One second to say the words. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I guarantee you'll start seeing all these changes in your life very quickly. And you know what the best bit is? It's not me and James telling you how to do it. It's not anyone else giving you these magic products. It's you. All of it comes from you, and you have that choice every single time. We have bad thoughts. We have other things that go on. We don't choose to say them. We don't need to say them. We can find an alternative. And this is all I'm encouraging people now. Even if you're not feeling it at that moment, change the words. Change them. What, what, what difference is it going to make? At least you pop that out there instead. And I'm encouraging people, let's go for tomorrow. It'd be good to get some feedback from you. Don't worry about what comes out your mouth because it is really frustrating when you've noticed some habits, especially when someone else notices them on you. But once you start correcting yourself, like after a while, you realize, wow, so powerful. Well, I think it's important what you've just said there as well because I always want to make sure these talks, me and Harry aren't claiming to be therapists. Look how many times we've failed in this conversation <laughs> and said the words that we're telling people we shouldn't be saying. This is the point. It's not a quick fix. It's not something that's just, and, and you don't have to, like you said, don't beat yourself up each time you catch yourself. Do the opposite. Have a laugh about it. Why was I going to say that? One thing as well that we didn't mention, which again, massively changed my life. What's that? 
every day I have to try to get my kids to love veggies. Finally, they now eat tomatoes. It was a beautiful day. <laughs> Who was that? That is brilliant. Becca Hayes. Shout out to you, Becca Hayes. I know exactly what you mean there. But um, I've worked quite closely, very closely, in fact, as in one of my younger brothers with, with mental health. And something Harry was saying about, you know, just put these words out there. Go back to something really, I say to my brother, why wouldn't you tell yourself that I'm fine? Because you've got this voice that's there, and you know because you're telling me about it. So why wouldn't you? As simple as that, that's simple logic. For people out there that are, you know, depressed, you, you wake up, you do feel, for whatever reason, a bit negative. Why would you not start telling yourself, I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm enough. I'm happy with me. And mantras, mantras along with meditation changed my life. Mantras are amazing, people. I've told this to Harry plenty of times. I don't do it so much anymore. Thank you, I've not needed to. But there was a period where I was battling with all of this. That I would go into the bathroom. I'd put my head right up against the mirror. So much so that literally your eyes come into one. And I would tell myself, I'm happy. I love myself. I'm a good person. I am enough. Because why would you not tell yourself these things? Because the power of your words induces how you feel. So why would you make yourself feel good? Mm -hmm. And then the last one. Try saying I am happy negatively. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy. It still makes you laugh. It does. My favorite mantra, just trust. Beautiful. Yeah. Mantras, honestly, people, try these things out. If you think we're talking poop, try it out first, but don't think it's going to happen, like Harry said, overnight in one day. It's like anything else. You have to work at these things. We're living proof of that because we're continuously working on these things and we're continuously pulling each other up on these things as well. And that goes back to coaching. And that's why all of you should at least look into being coached because I'm talking as someone who was coached by this beautiful man here changed my life now I'm able to through the skill set he helped me develop I'm able to share and pass that on to other people we coach each other now that's the beauty of coaching it's not therapy we're not there to look at someone who's broken and take you back to the past you sit in front of us and you're amazing from that second onwards and that in itself is working investment. Has I loved it tonight. You was using flow, mate. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish it off with three things then, because this is on, this is a foundation. Everything starts with a thought. Then when you start seeing it, you believe it. It's only when you know that it becomes truth. So we have to go through them stages, and I guarantee, if you watch James in pretty much every episode. He always corrects himself when he says, I think, and he goes, I know. Does it all the time. I know. Because when it's a knowing, it can't be refuted. Let's change that. Let's lose the word. When it's a knowing, it is truth. Joe, you know what? Let Becca Hayes have the last word there. Everything I manifest is already a reality. I am the creator of my reality. Poof. My job, boom. You should be doing this show. <laughs> and I'll give you a shout out after, yeah? Love to everybody out there, people. Be kind to yourself and to everybody around you. That helps. Take care, guys. Take care. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you've been interested in this content and want to reach out for us a one-on-one or group or community coaching, please don't hesitate to. You can find us at Lads Talk Health on Instagram. On Telegram, if you're interested in the natural plant medicine, search for Rick Simpson Oil, best Rick Simpson Oil, forward slash cannabis oil, forward slash THC oil. You'll also find us on Instagram at Lads Talk Health. We've got a community membership site. If you're interested, please reach out. The membership site is www.ladstalkhealth.com. And again, love to all.